Don't put all your eggs in the glitzy, risky basket, but you should put some of them in there. Welcome. I am Camilla Jeffs, a 20-year student of money. I'm an introvert who started out broke and full of fear. Fast forward to today, where I've conquered the secrets of getting my financial house in order, become a professional investor, and built a business that supports my family. And I'm going to show you exactly how I did it. We're going to talk about getting in the game as a real investor, building a business to support you, and passing on wealth strategies to the next generation. Think of this as your one-stop shop for all things money. This is the Quiet Wealth Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Quiet Wealth Podcast. I am your host, Camilla, and I'm so excited that you've joined me today because today is episode 92, Four Steps to De-Risk Your Finances. So I have a question for you. Do you remember the question when you were little, growing up in the 80s and 90s, what do you want to be when you grow up? If you grew up in the 80s and 90s, I swear all the boys wanted to be a fireman. And the girls wanted to be teachers. And that's what I wanted to be. I mean, that's what I thought was kind of the only career path for me growing up in the 80s and 90s, because that's all I saw. I only saw women in teacher roles or home as mamas. And so a lot of my friends, we would either say mamas or teachers. Now, the boys, they thought firemen were cool. (laughs) So they wanted to be a fireman. Now, could you imagine... If you asked kids that question, if they said, oh, I want to be an investor and a business owner with multiple assets generating passive income, including businesses and real estate and stocks, and I want to have a big portfolio, teachers would be stunned and probably also confused. I wanted to talk to you today about four steps to really de-risk your finances. Because it's kind of cool to be an investor and a business owner and to grow. Remember, we're on this journey here to really grow into becoming more. And I'm super excited because a friend of mine and I are creating a movement that's going to be so exciting. And so look forward to that. I think episode 100, we're going to be talking about that. So when we get to the number 100 episode, you have to do something epic. And we're going to do something epic. Back to your regular programming. Four steps to de-risk your finances. Okay. Step number one is to live within your means. I'm sure this is not new news, but it is critical to your financial future. Now, it doesn't necessarily matter if you are netting millions of dollars. What matters is if you can set aside 50% of what you're netting and invest that. Yes. I said, invest half. I know that's a lot. I know you may not be used to be doing that, right? But investing half is going to get you to your goal so much faster. The other thing I want you to focus on is being wealthy and not looking rich. So remember the end goal is wealth, not necessarily looking like we are super rich. So the other day, my daughter and I were having a conversation about money and she casually commented, oh, it's not like we're rich or anything. And I looked at her curiously and asked, what makes you think we are not rich? She kind of glanced at our old beat up van that we were driving in and then mumbled, 
I don't know. <laughs> that gave me quite the laugh because her perception of rich is if you look like you're rich and we definitely don't look like we are rich, but we are. So that was really fun. Okay. Step number two is to diversify your investments. Again, not new news, but think about this. If you have all your money in one place and you picked the wrong place, you're going to lose a lot of cash. If you spread your investments around, you mitigate the losses. Okay, well, how do you even do that? There's actually a lot of ways to diversify, but one thing I want you to focus on is having a portfolio with non-correlated investments. Now, what does that mean? It means if one investment like stocks is up, then the other investment like bonds may be down and vice versa, right? You don't want to have your investments in one place where they could be either up or down. You need a balance, right? Remember the teeter-totter growing up, the goal, at least the goal for me and my friends, was to perfectly balance the teeter-totter. I think the goal for my little guy friends was to try to launch each other off. (laughs) And so they'd have like four kids on one side and one on the other and try to launch him. I guess that's a goal too. (laughs) For those girls, it was to try and get it completely balanced on that teeter-totter. Now, when you invest in real estate, you can diversify in a number of ways. So you could diversify by location. Like I have assets in Arizona and Texas. Those are high appreciation areas and they're kind of lower cash flow. But I also have assets in Oklahoma, which is a much higher cash flow area, but lower appreciation. And then I have assets in the Carolinas, which are medium cash flow and medium appreciation. But by spreading those out across the, you know, across markets and locations keeps me more balanced, keeps my teeter totter more balanced. You can also diversify by asset class. And asset class means the type of real estate. So for example, I have apartment buildings. I invest in senior living facilities. I invest in short-term rentals and I invest in self-storage. So I have multiple asset classes. So if there's one that's struggling, then the others should be doing okay. So again, helps me balance that teeter-totter. I want to give a quick shout out to my podcast manager, Abby, if you're in need of help in launching and managing your own show, please reach out to her at productions at abbyguaki.com. I'll put her details in the show notes. She really is the best and I love her. And then here's a really interesting tip that I heard the other day is to think about adding investments that are different from your primary job. So my husband worked for the automotive industry for many years and that industry they experienced lots of ups and downs. It seems like they were laying people off every other year. Now, instead of putting our money into the company's stock, we chose to put it elsewhere. Now, some people say, oh, you're not supporting your company. But I say we are choosing to be diversified in where our income streams come from because the automotive industry already gave us one income stream. So I want my portfolio to be in an industry that can give us another income stream. Okay, step number three is to know your risk tolerance. If you can't sleep at night because the stock market goes down 20%, 
maybe you should take a look at how your assets are distributed because investments should give you a feeling of security and not increase your anxiety about your finances. I mean, we got enough gray hairs as it is. We don't need to be adding any more unnecessary ones. Do you remember the game Red Rover? Red Rover, Red Rover, send Katie right over, right? So to win, you must send your strongest person to break the weakest link. And if you broke their link, then you got to choose one member of the other team to join your team. But the catch is you can only choose one of the players whose arms you broke through. So if you didn't break the link, you had to stay on the opposing team. So what's your risk tolerance here? Do you attempt to break the strongest kid's link so you can bring him or her back to your team, making your team that much stronger? And are you willing to risk the bruises if you're successful or the humiliation if you don't break it? Or maybe you go for the weakest link, knowing you can break it and get an easy win and everybody's going to cheer for you and be like, oh, well, great job. You did so good. Or do you go for the middle? There's lots of middle options there. They're strongish, weakish. And so you find those. Now, if you choose the middle options, then the game can go on forever and ever, unless you have Cheater Tommy on your team who doesn't try to hold his link because he wants to go to the other team. Cheater, cheater, liar, liar, pants on fire. Remember that phrase? <laughs> so when we're talking about risk, you have to figure out, well, what is my risk tolerance? Meaning, how good am I at this? Am I really good at Red Rover? Can I really break through some of these strong links and bring back the strong people on the team to make my team, my money, my finances that much stronger? Or am I not there yet? Am I still in the middle? Or am I one of the weaker ones on the team? And so I just got to go and try and break through the weak links over there so that I don't get passed back and forth. All right, let's talk about step number four. And this is a really great diversity rule. It's the 60-20-20 rule. If you talk to venture capital firms who go out and invest in tech startups, they will all tell you that nine out of 10 investments are duds, meaning they will lose most, if not all, of their money. But that one investment that takes off gives them a 100x return. It's risky business, right? Yes. And venture firms will tell you, totally worth it. But what about you with your 401k plan, a few real estate investments, and you want to retire soon? Guessing you're probably not willing to bet everything you have on the chance that one of your investments will go viral. So don't put all your eggs in the glitzy, risky basket, but you should put some of them in there. So if you have 10 eggs, you're going to put two in the risky basket that has the potential for high reward. Then you're going to put two eggs in the super boring, low payoff, low risk basket. And then the last six should go in a medium risk, medium playoff basket. So this gives you some diversification and is focused on the long term because all markets are cyclical. Sometimes they're up, sometimes they're down. Rarely do they get that balance correct in each individual market. 
So one final thing I want to say on risk, it is very subjective. Jumping off a cliff with a parachute is way too risky for the computer nerd who is allergic to the outdoors. And investing in blockchain technology is way too risky for the outdoorsy person who can't stand being shut in an office and has no idea how to comprehend what blockchain technology is. So it's so subjective depending on who you are and the experiences that you've had in life. And what some label as risk, others label as a tolerance for uncertainty, right? A lot of entrepreneurs say that's one of their skills. They have a tolerance for uncertainty. So if we truly understand risk tolerance, then we understand what can be accomplished and the consequences of accomplishing it. The higher the risk, higher the return. Because risk and opportunity are actually two sides of the same coin. So here in our podcast, on this podcast, I'm trying to encourage you to be a little bit more risky. So one of the next episodes that's coming up is going to be how to be more aggressive in your investing and how to really get in the game and give your returns a little more fuel so that you can have a much bigger fire. Thanks so much for joining. Appreciate you being here. Please share this episode with a friend because we need to share the education to share the wealth. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining me on the Quiet Wealth Podcast. If you want more, head on over to camillajeffs.com forward slash podcast to get the show notes and dive into other episodes. While you're there, be sure to grab the free guide to building wealth. And if you know a friend who is struggling with money, please send this episode to them. Let's share the wealth in as many ways as we can. Until next time, much success.